0: and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I am delighted to have with us today, Carol Lane, who is a certified coach, and she's going to talk to us today um, about her history, and then we'll start walking into a bunch of questions um, for her Um And, uh, her, her bio is very long. And I decided that I was going to let all of you click through and look at her beautiful bio, but let her tell us a little bit about us, um, about herself. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to listen in on uh, this show today We are very, very grateful that you do that. If you have not yet followed us, please click on the follow button and start following us and go to my YouTube channel. There's a link in our notes. Uh, where you can go to the YouTube channel and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch us on video as well as listen to us on audio. So with that said, Carol, um, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today.
2: Well, I am just thrilled to be here today, Jen, uh, having uh, met you a couple times before. Uh, uh, I was excited to be able to do this with you because I love your down-to-earth energy and your style of educating and inspiring people. It uh, uh, fits with what I love to do with, with my clients as well. That's awesome. Great. Well, so, it's, it's uh, a pleasure to
1: have you here. So, that said, why don't we get started with a little bit about your background? Well, give us your, your 30 second, one minute elevator speech about what exactly you do so that our listeners know.
2: So, I show small business leadership, CEOs, entrepreneurs how to bring people from diverse backgrounds. Uh, Together so that they can become more productive, boost revenue, and scale their business for next level growth. And this came out of uh, 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 a life long uh love of being able to connect with people on a heart-to-heart level but also what i like to call practical woo-woo which is using practical skills uh around people managing people's energy the the uh conversations that they have especially when the stress is on and conflict happens and get past all that to bring them together so that they're working much better together having fun and uh, building trust and speed with each other so that they can become more profitable and you know i didn't realize until i was an adult that this all began when i was four years old i'm the oldest of four and my mother left with postpartum depression and imagine being a four-year-old and you've got three younger siblings that you feel responsible for and you're thinking what did i do wrong why did mommy leave is she ever coming back And so you can see how the seeds of self-doubt get planted in each of us, even though our story may be a little bit different from each other. And uh, so I had to scramble as a little four and five-year-old to figure out how to take care of my siblings and uh, keep everything going. And I don't know how I did it. I was just a little kid. But somehow I developed a natural leadership instinct that has been a running theme throughout my life. And so as an adult uh, in the early 90s, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company. I saw an ad and they said, we'll, we will train no experience necessary. I found that intimidating, but also thought, God, this could be a great opportunity. So I decided to go uh, and do something bold. And it turned out it was W. Clement Stone's uh, insurance company that's been around since uh, 1906. And uh, he co-wrote a book called uh, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude with Napoleon Hill. I thought maybe some of this positive mental attitude can rub off on me. And so it was a great experience. I became an award-winning salesperson, but I got burned out because of all the travel. And so I went into the behavioral health profession and discovered that I have a real knack for bringing people together into into groups and uh, also providing one-on-one counseling support. So I was a mental health, behavioral health specialist for 24 years and was doing two or three groups on interpersonal communication, dialectical behavioral therapy, uh, stress management, and uh, that kind of thing, cognitive behavioral therapy, what Uh, coaches call mindset. And so I got burnt out of that for after 24 years, because hospitals are, you know, you're sort of like firefighters or policemen, you're a first responder, there's uh, a lot of crisis intervention. And I discovered coaching a few years before I I left and was doing that on the side, got a, a certification through Tony Robbins, and then left my employer in 2018. And I've been working with individuals and teams ever since. And and I, and I love doing it. I'm really inspired when I see that aha moment come into somebody's eyes where they get it and they start feeling more inspired to take action on things that they were afraid to do before.
1: Great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, so let me I want to dive into a couple of specific topics in the time that we have together here, and that is uh, one is diversity. I hear diversity all the time. It's actually starting to be just like uh, be authentic,, uh, leadership, that word, you know, it, it's starting to dilute a little bit because, you know, the diversity is just everywhere. And of course, what's happening right now with, With the bank debacle that we're experiencing, that doesn't have a name yet, but I'm sure it'll have a name when it's all said and done. But with what's happening right now, um, you know, because there was so much diversity, because it was, um, and I picked up on this and I want to talk about this very specifically is that um, the need or the want or the desire, the push or, you know, uh, being told, whatever it is, that you must be diverse, I think, waters down the quality. Of what some positions may have. So I want to have you talk about that is how do you balance um, having diversity and maintaining quality um, of performance and productivity and keeping, you know, and not just hiring because someone's a specific color or gender or or whatever it is.
2: Um, how do you balance yeah. that as a leader? Well, you know, that's a perfect question for this moment in time, Jennifer, because I grew up multiculturally. We left the States when I was seven because of my father's work and lived all over uh, the Middle East, Southeast Asia and Europe. So I had to adapt quickly to different languages, different cultures, people with different colored skin. And, you know, my dad's side of the family is Spanish-American. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm used to people with with, uh, you know, a, a, a darker skin tone. And my mother is Scots Irish ancestry, and so she's fair like you. And uh, so uh, this came naturally to me. And I agree with you. Words like diversity are so overused now that it becomes meaningless. And uh, so for me, uh, my experience has been that uh, when you have people from different backgrounds that come together and figure out how to work well together, you actually have many more ideas to work with, which is great if you're trying to grow your business. Um, But it's also about, you know, when you're hiring, I think it's a good idea to think about hiring for someone's attitude first. Because skills are important, but a lot of them can be trained on the job if you got somebody with a fantastic attitude that wants to learn and wants to align themselves with the company vision. And so, you know, there are a few professions like engineers, doctors, lawyers, where you have to have a college degree, but a lot of things can be taught and um it's hard to sometimes find somebody with that kind of positive attitude that says, I want to grow, I want to learn, I want, I want to uh, come together with people and create something bigger than ourselves. So uh, that's sort of where how I think of diversity because when you say the word diversity it's, it, it's like so many other buzzwords it becomes meaningless but when you get down into the nitty-gritty of what that experience is like what happens with a lot of companies I believe the statistic is around 33% that companies that have people from diverse backgrounds tend to do about 30-33% better than companies that don't. Yeah, that's interesting
1: um, because again, I think what your definition of diversity versus what we're hearing, you know, in, out in, in the world and on the news, et cetera, is very uh, race and gender driven. And what you're talking about is diversity of knowledge and skill set. as long as there is a willingness behind that, you know, to have that type of diversity, to be able to grow, you know, a business. So I think that that's a really, um, you know, key point that you're that you're talking about. Um, one of the things that you say is that you create yeah. fun and a dynamic workplace culture, you know, et cetera. How how do you come into a company to create that fun and and um you know, that dynamic workplace, given the fact that um it is leadership? And if at some point we have to make decisions that may not be favorable. So how do you mix those two together?
2: Yes. Well, you know, that's interesting. Harvard University uh, Business Review uh, did an article in 2022 where they found that. warm uh, places that have uh, incorporate fun into their workday tend to have more engagement and uh, productivity and a sense of purpose and there's so many ways that you can do this uh, you can change the language you use like instead of the to-do list call it a fun list you know and, uh, and uh, but it goes beyond that it's about, uh, when you got to have those tough conversations or uh, uh, the person in leadership is asking you to do something that might not sound like fun, a little levity and humor can bring the fun back into it. Well, this is going to be a, 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 you know, uh, this is going to be interesting or whatever the humor is brings the fun uh, back, lowers the, the seriousness and the temperature so people can say, okay, let's take this on as a sporting challenge. We're all smart. How can we bring our ideas together? Uh, it can be, you know, you know, uh, working in a, uh, committing to a, uh, an hour of deep work where you leave the cell phones outside, you bring some snacks and some uh, drinks in, and you say, this is our intention for this next hour. Uh, we're going to work on a piece of this project in a very deeply focused way. And then we're going to take 10 minutes afterwards. And we're going to maybe have a Nerf basketball up there. Or we're going to go outside and stretch and walk around on the grass. Or, you know, uh, finding things to uh, uh, that you can do that bring a little bit of play and fun into the workplace, relaxes everybody and actually boosts cre- the creative flow and uh, uh, speeds up productivity and uh, progress.
1: We used to do snowball fights with uh their foam snowballs you can buy a package packages of them and we would have snowball fights in the office it was fun and we'd always find snowballs days weeks later under desks and all over the place it was fun we had a lot of a lot of fun with that Love it. yeah <laughs> i know it was uh That's you know it i hadn't fun. thought about that one yeah it's really good you can buy them on amazon uh amazon look at that they get more money from us every time we turn around uh so when we talk about uh, you know leadership, and we're talking about uh, what's what's happening right now in today's world, what what do you say about? And, and uh, let me be specific about today's world as we're recording this: is we have high inflation, we have the fear of um, um, I was going to say depression, not a depression, but uh, in oh my gosh, a recession. Uh, we have the banks playing you know, apart right now. Uh, people are worried about the next paycheck. They're worried about a lot of different things. Um, this has an effect on productivity. and I'm sure you've done some work on this or looked into some of some of this, you know, but um, you know, what effect is that having? and what what guidance are you suggesting to leaders right now to be able to improve productivity, uh, reduce stress? Uh, maybe even reduce the physical effects that it has on it because financial strain, you know, they lose sleep, they they don't feel good, they gain weight, then they call in sick and all of this costs yeah. money and productivity goes down. So what are some ju- suggestions that those yes. that are listening who are leaders can be putting into implementation right now?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Jen. I uh, love history. And one thing we can say for sure about history is that there are times uh, where there are multiple crises like this. The last time we had something like this going on was in uh, the World War One, World War Two era. And right in the middle of all that was the uh, 1918 flu pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then right after that, we went right into the Great Depression and, uh, with, what, 15 20% unemployment, and people were really hurting, and it's an awful lot of stress for anyone to take on, uh, and this uh, is true of leadership as well, because we already have a lot on our plate. For the leaders out there, you uh, a lot is expected of you, and Uh, you're the one that's held to final accountability Mm -hmm. about how you and your team are uh, performing. And so it's natural and normal to be more stressed and to lose sleep. And it comes back to the self-care component. One of my superpowers is self-care. You know, I haven't had a migraine in two years, but then I had one this week that lasted three days and I'm like, I'm gonna surrender. The world (laughs) is telling me I need to just slow down. Uh, good thing I don't have a lot scheduled today over the worst of it. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to rest. I'm I'm going to let go of guilt. And uh, so the other part of that is being able to have uh, master conversations in the workplace. Uh, so many of us are not taught how to have courageous conversations when there's conflict and stress. Yeah. And that's inevitably going to show up even more in uh, difficult, challenging times like this. And I do believe, Jen, that leadership is in a great position uh, to influence uh, the healing of of division in the world, to bring more unity uh, uh, into the workplace and into the community at large. And that has a ripple effect on the rest of the world. Uh, And so, Mastering conversations, what does that mean? I had a charge nurse many years ago, Ago, uh, she was uh, old enough to be my grandmother and she was smart as a whip and she would say, you know, Carol, you gotta be willing to have courageous conversations with people. And when somebody bites your head off, it's not personal, they're having a bad day. So what would happen if you went and, and courageously went to this person and said, you know, can we talk and really listen and, Uh, be aware of your tone of voice and uh, the words you use because we have a tendency when we're stressed to use loaded words that come across as shaming and blaming Mm -hmm. and humiliating to the other person and that's not really going to bring us together and so I learned really quickly uh, one when someone is presenting what I perceive as a difficult position uh, it's not personal two if i'm reacting to it instead of being part of the problem solving i am the prop and i'm equally responsible for what the two of us have co-created and the third thing is being willing to go to that person and set aside pride and say hey i really want to hear you out can we just talk and listen to each other and then show curiosity mm-hmm. and ask open-ended questions you know People like Elon Musk and Richard Branson and uh, uh, Steve Jobs were brilliant at this. Uh, Asking questions that transform a person's thought process rather than giving them advice or telling them how to do it. For example, let's say you have Uh, a team brainstorming session and Sarah comes up with an idea. Some people think it's great, but John, who tends to be the contrarian in the group, who some perceive as difficult, says that'll never work. And he's not aware of his tone when he gets stressed, so it's off-putting to some in the group and it brings morale down. So we can uh, hold him accountable in front of the, the team Or we can do something creative with the language and uh, these first principle questions. Hey, John, you might have a good point there. Maybe we need to slow down and take a look at what the pitfalls could be so we can prepare for those. What do you mean by this this idea won't work? Uh, And then let him talk for a minute and ask him again, is there anything else that might not work about this idea? and then bring the rest of the team in and ask for their input so everybody's involved and then what it, are there ways this idea could work that could could this idea be improved on what is our next step how do we do this other great questions what's working for us and what's not takes all the blame out of it while we're still holding each other accountable for the results yeah. we're getting and yeah. not only does john yeah. feel valued and included but because you're uh, paying attention to your own tone and you're withholding uh, uh, from advice giving, that person is going to feel validated, but they're also going to learn from you what it looks like to be uh, a master of your own communication. Yeah. Yes. And I have seen miracles happen where, yeah. you know, somebody would it was really impossible to reach. But then I would talk to them and I would listen as they complain and say, oh, that sounds pretty stressful and just acknowledge the emotion of stress that they might be having. And then once they start to calm down, you know, ask them, well, what is one thing you are willing to do and I'm here to support you that might shift this and uh, be, uh, get us into some problem solving so you feel better and we can move forward. And you'd be surprised, even the most difficult, su- stubborn person, not everyone, you're not gonna win everybody over, but so many times people will get on board because they feel validated and respected even yeah. when they're behaving love in it. an unpleasant way.
1: Yeah, I love it, brilliant, excellent advice. Thank so that's you
2: how we pleasure. bring people together in yes. the most stressful times. Yeah. Yeah. People need to be able to talk out their stress. Yeah. yeah.
1: Beautiful. Okay. So in the few minutes that we have left, I want to ask you, what is looking back on your career and your, and your life? Um, what was the biggest ceiling that you had to break through? Tell us about that in the la- the next couple of minutes or so, um, as we finish up our time.
2: Yeah. So uh, growing, out, growing up without a mom, uh, my dad remarried when I was six years old to uh, a woman from uh, six years old, I mean, 11 years old, uh, a woman from Bangkok. She's half Thai and half Chinese and spoke excellent English. She was owned an art gallery when my father met her. And uh, so uh, around that time, uh, things started to get changed in the family dynamic and become more stressful. Uh, and uh, as the oldest, for some reason, she was not having any of me, okay? And so I felt like I had been rejected twice by a mother and really thought there was something wrong with me. And my dad, he could be wonderful, but he could also be hypercritical. And, you know, he grew up with a very uh, dysfunctional mother who turned out to be a wonderful grandmother, but not so great with her own kids. And so he took a lot of his anger and stress towards her out on me. Mm -hmm. So now fast forward, uh, uh, I'm about probably 14 years old. And I thought, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with these adults. I don't know if this is my fault, but I just want to be happy. So I guess I'm going to have to figure it out myself. I don't know how at 14 I figured that out, but I just Mm -hmm. had that will in me. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was 18 and going into college, I discovered this little book called How to Win Friends and Influence people and it's a dialogue between a therapist and yes uh the client and uh and from there i got into uh, therapy through a psychology 101 class in college i went up to the professor I, i think my my uh uh desire to overcome pain and depression was greater than my desire to save face. And I said, uh, I heard they have counselors here. I didn't even know what therapy was really. And uh, he introduced me to this wonderful counselor. And so I've worked with counselors and therapists and coaches and all kinds of mentors all my life. And oh my gosh, it's the best decision I ever made. But I found that as I grew and healed internally, my perspective changed Mm -hmm. and so much of what went wrong in my life actually became strengths and uh, my ability to heal myself and to help others heal and grow their business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I hit many ceilings in business. I had a failed business. I did did some real estate investing, had some failures, but also made a lot of money uh, and uh, learned a lot from those painful mistakes like what not to do next time. And yeah. so, yeah. Those, those are some examples of what I've
1: experienced. And I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is that, you know, we all have these different glass ceilings and what we've done with our lives after these glass ceilings, you know, is important to share with others so that they don't feel alone. And that's definitely what you've done, you know, specifically in, you know, what I would call the, the behavioral arena, you know, with behavior of people individually, you know, as, as, as that relates to, to them, you know. So let me, let me ask you um, this last question. And that is uh, how do people get a hold of you? If someone wants to have you come in, well, let me rephrase the question. Someone listening. So, so people are listening here. So you're listening, you're listening to this. How, how would someone listening know when they have, um, they are speaking with someone who's a perfect candidate for you as a client, give us who you're looking for 30 seconds or less.
2: So this would be the entrepreneur business owner uh, uh, in a business of around 10, 20 employees, because that's when the team becomes fragmented. What they Mm -hmm. needed to do early in the business is now different and more complex. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I come in. Now, I've worked with startups who want to scale and build teams, too. Uh, but most of the clients I work with are in that small ten to twenty, maybe thirty employee okay. range, yeah. uh, who want to come yeah. together and get more efficient.
1: Okay, so that's that's what we're looking for. Give us a couple of buzzwords that someone might be saying as an entrepreneur that that we would have our antennas up and say, you might be. I might have someone for you to speak to.
2: I'm stressed out. I've got this one employee that doesn't get along with others and their morale is down. Uh, uh, I'm not really sure how to get my team motivated. These are things that my own clients have said to me, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to grow my business and, uh, I'm thinking about hiring one or two new people, but I'm just not sure how to do that. It would be things like that.
1: Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. That gives us a really good sense of that. So, Carol, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? I mean, I know there's multiple ways, but the best way for someone to get in touch with you.
2: Uh, carol at carolane.com is my email. Uh, that's C-A-R-Y-L at C-A-R-Y-L-L-A-N-E.com. That's also uh, listed on my website, Uh, So those are the best ways to get a hold of me.
1: Okay, great. And I'm going to ask you one last question, and that is, leave us with a quote that has inspired you in your business or in your personal life.
2: You know, uh, what comes to mind is that your self-awareness is your superpower.
1: I love that. Yeah. And especially now, that's really important these days. So brilliant love that your self-awareness is your superpower we all need to increase our awareness these days and make sure that we are you know bringing in others who are not like us no matter if it's uh, knowledge based a yeah. gender-based or race-based. And be aware of how we're responding to people as leaders as well. So those two are really tremendously great. I absolutely love that. So thank you so much, Carol, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. I I know I learned a lot. And um, I want to say thank you again for taking time out of your day to be here with us. And for those of you listening, don't forget to give us a great five-star rating and write some great comments in there for Carol so that we can uh, look at what you learned from her just as much as what I've learned from her as well. And so until next time, we will see you on Success to Significance. Take care and have a great week.
0: You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact loved this episode, be sure to subscribe right now at www.genduplesis.com s2s for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.